You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, July twenty second, twenty twenty. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, a lot to get into today. We're going to move from topic to topic pretty fast. The first thing I want to ask you about: we did a poll on Bucknuts the other day. Which true freshmen are Buckeye fans most excited about? Julian Fleming won. You don't just have to talk about Julian Fleming, but give me the true freshman you're most excited about maybe a few more than just one who are some true freshmen that Matt Baxendale's excited about this year for the Buckeyes well when you have 14 early enrollees you're going to have a significant number of freshmen who you're going to think make an impact now they didn't get quite to have the same level of impact that your regular early enrollees had with the whole cutting of spring football short but there's a bunch of guys on this roster that I'm excited about no, let me get a clarification. Is this excited about this year or is this excited about overall for their OSU career? Because I think that's a big difference there. Yeah, let's just go with this year. Um, I mean, if you want to mention like C.J. Stroud or whatever quarterback, Jack Miller, well, you think in the future, that's, yeah. that's cool too. But I, I was focused on this year, but um, we, can, we can extend it out to their career if you'd like to, Mr. Baxendale. Well, because I was going to say, if we go over the course of their career, a guy like C.J. Stroud has – a big, big piece of excitement for me. A guy like Paris Johnson, who's going to probably start not this year, but after that, is another one who's going to be a standout. Um, but of the list here, like Julian Fleming is the obvious choice. He's the number three player in the country, enrolled early, might be the number three receiver on the roster. But you could say the exact same thing about a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba or, you know, or, uh, you have G. Scott Jr. So, you know, you've got – a couple of these guys. I mean, heck, even Mookie Cooper. When you have four receivers ranked in the top 100 players nationally coming to OSU and enrolling early, people are going to be excited about them. So um, for, for this year, you can pick any of the receivers. But one that I, I am a little intrigued to watch that not a lot of people are talking about um, is going to be, in, in my opinion at least, I want to see how Ryan Watts does. He was an early enrollee. He's at a position at safety where we're really not 100% sure how it's going to pan out. It seems like a kind of kid who at minimum is going to be in the field in special teams. And you never know if he comes through with a good performance, what a kid like that could end up doing to get on the field and base defense early. So there's, 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 there's a behind the, there's an under the radar one, if you will, in Ryan Watts. I like that one. I was going to say one guy that I'm looking forward to seeing, he's not very under the radar. He was highly ranked as legend Cavazos. I think he's going to play right away uh, as a true freshman. Not, he's not going to be like a, you know, in the top three or four corners, I don't think, but I think, you know, he'll be out there on defense a little bit because they're going to get him ready for future seasons. But uh, there's, yeah, this is a one heck of a recruiting class. They brought in with 14 early enrollees, even though they only got to go through three spring practices, like you said, at least they got to enroll in January and go, go through that two month grueling Mickey Marathi winter workout and kind of you know get acclimated to college football so 
what a great class they brought in. And uh, the one after that might be even better. We, we shall see it. it. It certainly is on paper. The 2021 class would be better than the 2020 class on paper, but we'll see in a few years which one is actually better. All right, skipping around. Like I said, we're going to skip around on many different topics today. Gene Smith, Ohio State's athletic director, will be on local radio here in Columbus, Bishop and Laurinaitis at right around 10.33 today to give you a specific time, 10.33 a.m. Eastern. So some of you might have already listened to the show by the time Gene Smith has spoke, but a lot of people are curious what he's going to say today. Maybe he'll say next to nothing, but maybe he will have something profound that he's going to say and maybe something that's going to be good news for those of us hoping we're going to have a college football season. What are you hearing uh, that Gene Smith might say? What do you expect Gene Smith might say today, Bax? Well, the rumor going around that I heard was is that Gene Smith has already spoken with the big money boosters and has said they're attempting to have a, a one-third of horseshoe capacity starting at the beginning of the year for fans in attendance. Obviously, that would be massive, massive news because if they're planning to have fans in attendance, it means they're planning to have football without question. So uh, that's your best-case scenario of what Gene's going to say. That's the rumor of what Gene's going to say. I have not spoken to Gene Smith myself, so I cannot verify that. And uh, as of the time of this podcast coming out, it's only going to be about an hour or so afterwards. So the the mystery will be solved soon. But I think uh, Gene Smith, is if he's going to announce anything big, that's the story that everybody seems to be chit-chatting about online. Uh, that said, Gene Smith might just be going on and talking about how we're happy to keep the corona testing levels low for the program. So, you know, I, I'm – optimistic but in in 2020 you know if you're an optimist you generally end up being disappointed so (laughs) let's just hope that uh let's hope that uh the story i heard is true this year sucks we really need to this year really really sucks yeah i'd like to see i'd like to speak to the manager of 2020 yeah we need to, to get 2020 moving along uh at a uh a more enjoyable rate. Hopefully that'll start soon. Um, again, moving right along here. And again, just for, you know, for those who don't know, um, I will put a story on Bucknuts about the highlights of what Gene Smith says. So if you missed the radio interview, you're curious about it. You're listening to this show well after we have recorded it and Gene Smith's already spoken and you want to know what he says, get on Bucknuts. I'll have a story for you guys to read. Next topic, three Ohio State offensive linemen were named to the Outland Trophy watch list. That's very rare to have three offensive linemen from the same team. It's just a preseason watch list, um, you know, for the best interior linemen in college football. But all three returning starters on Ohio State's offensive line, Thayer Mumford, Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers, made the Outland Trophy watch list. And this offensive line is going to be tremendous this year. So not a big surprise. Those guys are three returning starters. They're highly thought of, but still pretty cool that those guys are all on the Outland Trophy watch list backs. Yeah, that's a real rarity for three guys on one team to be on that list. Um, it tells you a lot about what people think of the returning quality of those three players. Uh, essentially, the left side of OSU's line is all national trophy recognition worthy, if you will. So, you know, this, and this is what we've been talking about, though. I mean, I think everybody expects those guys to be taken in the top three rounds, some, some of them potentially as high as the late first. So when you have that kind of returning talent on the offensive line, it goes back to sort of what we've talked about before, that this year for OSU, you know, we're all losers if college football doesn't get played. I think we all agree with that. But Ohio State might be the biggest loser if college football isn't played this year just because of the sheer talent that's going to be on the field this year, the opportunity that's there for Ohio State to really go out and have a historic championship kind of year. And how often do you see this with offensive line recognition? Not often. 
remember the Outland Trophy is voted on by people who actually know offensive line play, not people who are like, wow, look at that big block, or, you know, wow, Phil Steele had him as a first-team All-Big Ten kid. So, you know, that tells you volumes about what they think of these three guys. And, you know, honestly, Munford, Davis, and Myers are are a really, really good trio of offensive linemen. They're one of the best line I can remember us having in a very, very long time. Um, you know, that's probably a discussion for another day of how good this O-line could be compared to, you know, past great O-lines that we've had at OSU. But this is certainly something that I don't ever remember happening at Ohio State. I don't even remember it happening at many other schools where you have three linemen on the watch list for the outline. And the two new starters are going to be five-star recruits, former five-star recruits. Right tackle, it's either going to be Nicholas Petit-Ferrer or Paris Johnson, who are the number one offensive tackles in the country in their respective recruiting classes. And then at left guard, Harry Miller, who was a five-star center and will play guard until it's time for him to move over to center, which will be next year because I'm sure this will be Josh Myers' last year at Ohio State before he embarks on an NFL career. So even the new starters are going to be former five-star recruits. Yeah, this offensive line is going to be tremendous. And they will be opening the way for Trey Sermon and the rest of the running backs. The guy I want to ask you about is Master Teague. It was so interesting. For most of the year last year, we were like, he would start on any team in the Big Ten except for Ohio State and Wisconsin. We are basically saying Master Teague is the third best running back in the Big Ten. Then he didn't look very good against Clemson. It's not like he got a bunch of carries, but he didn't look that good. And it's almost like people have written him off. Then he had the partially torn Achilles in spring. They say he is a freak of nature and he's going to be ready to go when the season starts. We'll see about that. It's Thankfully, it's not a fully ruptured Achilles like a Kevin Durant, but still coming back from a partially torn Achilles, not good if you're a running back. Now as a third-year sophomore, Master Teague, what do you expect out of him, Bax? I expect him to have quite the season, if you want my answer. The guy ranked seventh in the Big Ten in rushing last year, despite being the backup on his team. Uh, for, for, for some perspective, the only kid in the Big Ten who, uh, who outgained him, uh, despite having fewer carries, was Journey Brown at Penn State. And that was only because Journey Brown had that game against Memphis in the uh, Cotton Bowl where he ran for like 290 yards or something insane on like 15 carries because Memphis couldn't tackle him. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you look at all the teams last year in the Big Ten, Master Teague would have started on them all year except for Wisconsin. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy because, you know, he was on a team with J.K. Dobbins who accounted for 2,000 yards last year and 21 touchdowns and end of the day, Master Teague would come on the field and you wouldn't really lose a lot. So, you know, this is a guy who averaged almost six yards a carry last year, but he only, he got only got like 10 carries a game on average and a lot of them were garbage time. So I'm excited for the talent level he has. I'm not excited for his ability to really showcase it this year though. You have Trey Sermon obviously coming in who I think right now is the odds on favorite to be the big tens leading rusher at the end of the year. And you've had Master Teague trying to rehab a very late-in-the-process Achilles injury when he doesn't have the normal rehab facilities open to him for a couple months. That makes it really difficult. Look, our timelines are based on these kids or these, any of these athletes when they become professionals being able to have access to those modern medical treatments, to be able to have access to all the things that they need to take advantage of these advances we've had to get people back on the field sooner. I don't know if Teague's had that. It really hasn't been talked about. Like, they'll say, oh, yeah, he's on track with his recovery or whatever. On track based on what? Because even with a best-case scenario for an Achilles injury, 
he's not really looking being back on track until the middle third of the season. And even then, is he going to be at full speed? We saw what happened with Tough Borland a couple of years ago, where Borland was nowhere near full speed for almost the entire season, despite suffering a similar injury at a similar time of the year. It doesn't work if you're the running back. You're going to get tracked down. So I'm tempered my expectations for Master Teague this year. I think Sermon's going to be the biggest carrier. I think Marcus Crowley has more odds of being healthy enough to be the main backup. I assume at some point we'll see Teague getting into the mix, but I don't think Teague is going to really have his breakout year until 2021 now. I want to ask you about the Travion Henderson situation. For those who don't know, Ohio State's running back commitment, one of their running back commitments, the number one running back in the country in the 2021 class, Travion Henderson. They're not going to have high school football in Virginia this year. I imagine many other states are going to follow suit. I hope not. But Virginia's already announced they're not going to have high school football, so a lot of people wondered, what's Travion Henderson going to do? Is he going to reclassify? Is he going to transfer to another school in a different state? No, he's just going to sit out his senior season. He's going to stay at his school. He's going to train. He's going to enroll at Ohio State early in January. I feel bad for the kid backs because senior year, I mean, he's never going to get that back of playing with his buddies for the last time. They didn't know their junior year was going to be their last year playing high school football. So I feel bad for the kid. He's not going to get a chance to go through that. But long term, when you look at it, it might be a blessing in disguise. It's less wear and tear on the body for him. Again, I feel bad for him. I wish he could play his senior year of high school football. But as a running back, maybe in the long run, not a bad thing for Travion Henderson here. You know, I think it's the simple answer of this isn't what anybody wanted. Um, but I don't think – there was talk about him reclassifying up a class like Tony Grimes did. There's trying to at least with his North Carolina commitment. Like you see basketball players do sometimes. End of the day, I think the best thing for Travion Henderson he could possibly do, and may in the long run be really helpful for him, is not take 250 more hits in games that, for the most part, aren't going to mean anything to him, you know, at the end of the day when it comes to getting to the NFL. We already know Travion Henderson's the top tailback in the country, right? It's, it, it's not like he's not going to have opportunities to play in college. So getting that wear and tear off of his body and really allowing himself to build himself up is a significant thing. Um, and I got a good example on this one. So I went to high school with a guy named James Ahedabo. James ended up being a um, Super Bowl winning safety with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he played in multiple AFC championship games, played for the Lions, played in the NFL for like eight, nine years. Well, James was the kid who played all the sports. Um, I played lacrosse with him and everything, right? And he was a walk-on to UMass. He was not a big-time recruit, right? And this is a kid who decided his senior year, after UMass accepted him on as a walk-on, that he wasn't going to play lacrosse in the spring. He was just going to work out, get on their workout plan so he could start building himself to being a football player, right? And giving up other sports with a focus on building up for football – uh, he ended up starting at UMass for four years before he went on to the NFL because of the way he was able to change himself physically. A kid like Travion Henderson, who's way ahead of where my friend James was at this point in high school, it's only going to make him bigger, stronger, faster, more dangerous. He'll hit campus at Ohio State in January, and he'll be at full gallop. He'll be in very much the mix to be the starting tailback next year. We'll be talking about him and Master Teague as the two guys to be watching whenever Trey Sermon's off to the NFL. It can make an enormous difference if the structure is there for a young man to focus on his conditioning and building up for football. 
And again, you have a, 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 a hit card, if you will, if you're a running back. You know, I always say running backs get to 30s roughly when they start to fall off in the NFL, even the best. Well, there's only so many hits you can take over your career before it wears you down. So this is a full season of practice of hits where Henderson doesn't take hits. It's a full season of games where that's hundreds of hits that he's not going to take. He's going to be as healthy as it gets when he gets to college. As long as the structure's there for him, this could be a really good thing. Uh, I think that's the way you have to look at it. And everything you've seen from Henderson shows that he has the discipline to make sure that it is worth his time. So that part's exciting. I know it sucks that you lose your senior season. Emotionally, he's losing a lot, right? Emotionally, all these kids who aren't getting to play their senior year in sports have been losing a lot since things were canceled back in the spring. But, you know, in the big picture of, hey, I'm Travion Henderson and I want to be an NFL tailback and, and all that fun stuff, this may be a blessing in disguise. And I certainly think it'll help him be more than ready to get to go at Ohio State. I'm with you 100%. Last thing here on the show, I know a lot of people probably are not thinking about college basketball too much right now, but this could be a good day for Ohio State's men's basketball program. They already have two commitments in their 2021 class, a couple of kids that are very highly ranked Ohio prospects in Michi Johnson, a combo guard, and Kalen Etzler, who is a small forward. His dad, Doug Etzler, was a point guard at Ohio State years ago. And they're two of the top players in the state of Ohio in the 2021 class, and they're already committed to the Buckeyes. Today, the number one player in the state of Ohio, Malachi Branham, will make his announcement. 2.22 Eastern time today, Akron St. Vincent St. Mary. He's ranked as a number five shooting guard in the country, the number 27 overall player in the country. Big-time player, Malachi Branham. And it sounds like he's going to pick Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes backs. Yeah, it certainly does sound like that, doesn't it, right now? Um, you know, he's the top kid in the state of Ohio. Every crystal ball points at him. He's a top third national player, big time shooting guard, great, great length. I mean, you know, uh, he's a big time guy. And I think everybody's picking him to go to Ohio State right now based on the crystal ball. Bottom line is, is that there's no reason for us to believe that he's going anywhere else. I will say this, though. It'll be really nice to see Ohioans, the top Ohioans, continue to actually go to Ohio State because that's something that we've been talking about for a while. How many great Ohio kids have been making Michigan State and all these other programs look good? You know what I mean? And, we, you know, for basketball, it's always a little bit different than it is for um, – than, uh, than it is for football where the top kids in the state maybe aren't as loyal to OSU as they would be uh, if, if they were, you know – do uh, in, in football and so you you've got so many NFL or NBA guys who are from the state of Ohio that went to Michigan State or that went to Duke or that went to some of these other programs Indiana right even some of the top guys that Thad Mata landed during his run at Ohio State look where they were from you know, the Odin and Conley were from from Indiana you know you brought in some of these big guys from Ohio for a little while you got Sullinger but he went over and got the Sean Thomas out of Indiana he went to Illinois a lot Getting the top Ohio kids, especially when you have a top 30 national kid like Branham, to stay in Ohio is sort of the thing that's going to help Chris Holtz take the next step forward. And I think Chris Holtman's really doing the job here. Uh, I believed in him from the moment he came in with a roster held together with duct tape and chicken wire. Three months after, he really should have even been considering taking over a program and had a great year. And I think at this point, Holtman's got Ohio State basketball moving towards being one of the top programs in the country. And 
seeing commitments from guys like Malachi Branham is only going to start making the step towards just the, your blue-blooded elite basketball more more pronounced. And that's exciting because I think this is this is really another step shown by Holtman, being able to bring in a kid of this caliber to Ohio State and fight off the big-time schools like the Dukes and everybody else out there who have historically been able to come into Ohio and take some of the top players away from Ohio State. Great insights from Matt Baxendale. Really appreciate it, Bax. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.